I want me some glory hope. To the Football Glory Hole Podcast. This is an Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, Spreaker, RNI, Heart Radio Week, Thank Kitchen, every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevenson, as always. I'm joined here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Cephas, here we go. We continue. To stay hot, stacked another unit last week, and I was checking the book, and we have not had a losing week for six full weeks. But the, the best is yet to come. We always finish strong. You, sir, are famous for blistering up the college bowl season, and we will just continue to stack on this ridiculous 22-10 and 10 NFL record that we have going. Uh, so so the good times, are they're good now, but they're going to continue to keep on going. And that got me thinking about other good times that have better times coming. We're coming into holiday season, and uh, you know we all love Thanksgiving. We all love Christmas. And as good as that is, it's even better after that because you get to look forward to your fat ass having to lose those 15 pounds that you packed on over the fucking holidays. <laughs> so, so you know, there's more good things to come after that. You know, occasionally, as a single man myself, occasionally a pretty young lady will let me touch her private parts. And, you know, it's, 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 as great as that is, as great as that is, I get to look forward to the next three months of bitching and moaning and fucking <laughs> nagging and fucking questioning every fucking decision I've ever made in my entire life. Long story short is we are killing it, and this is, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Now, whether you are here for the funny. <laughs> oh, we're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, 
freaking disgusting. Hold me hip. Choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a shotgun Bobcat Lager by Alamo Beer Company in San Antonio, Texas. Mm. This is a terrible beer. 0.25 out of 5 stars. But what is not terrible is the team that this beer was named after, and that's my Texas (laughs) State Bobcats. Longhorn, who I went and saw in person, become bowl eligible last week for the first time in literally fucking forever. By beating the bricks off of Georgia Southern. And the reason why I'm drinking this beer tonight is because, oh, I'm throwing a curveball, baby. And I'm going to give my free college pick of the week right here, right now. And you guessed it. It is going to be my Texas State boys. They are minus one at Coastal Carolina. This game opened up at Texas State plus one. And all of the money, including ours, has come down on the bobs and for good reason. The Sean's defense is not what it used to be, and they're not going to have an answer for this Texas State offense who is led by their quarterback, Mr. T.J. Finley. And you better call him Mr. Longhorn because this kid is listed at six foot seven and 256 pounds, and I promise you after seeing him in person, he mm. is 275 with no biscuits in his hand. I promise you. And he's going to have another Big game right here, and this price is still cheap. It's still steaming. And there's a chance, you know, there's still a chance that one of my other pet cats, Mr. Grayson McCall, plays quarterback this week for the Shans. But I've heard from a pretty good source that I trust that he's not. So this line should move towards three. It's already moving that way, so grab it now, boys and girls. And even if Mr. McCall does play, this offense has not been the same since Jamie Chadwell took his offense to Liberty where the Biberties are now fucking dominant <laughs> once again. So either way it goes, I expect Texas State to continue their march to their first conference championship fucking ever. Eat them up, eat them up. Go, Cats, go. 6-7-256. I mean, that sounds like he's shotgunning. I mean, shotgunning beers. He's shotgunning <laughs> fucking biscuits and gravy. He's... He's doing too much shotgun. He's 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 about ten pounds away from playing DN in the NFL. He is a big goddamn boy that can sling that rock. All right, boys and girls, we're gonna get the podcast now. We're gonna go over every, and I do mean every game in the NFL in the air tonight. We still got free picks coming. Oh, don't you fucking fret, my pet. And then we're gonna get you paid. But right now, we gotta get paid. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Lardburner.com. Some people say that all you need to lose weight is a good diet, exercise, some good old-fashioned self-restraint, and self-discipline. Well, I'm here to tell you those people were dick faces. You don't need to do any of that shit to lose your satchel ass anymore thanks to our friends at lardburner.com. But don't just take our word for it. Just listen to these real-life testimonials from people like Jimmy in Alabama. I went from 605 down to 603 in just six weeks without even having to give up my third wedding cake of the day. Thank you, Lardburner. Roll damn tide. Tony from New York. Hey, yo, my front butt was putting up some serious fucking dick shade over the air, but now I'm not so fat no more. Thanks a lot, Lord Bunner. Or Bob from Texas. That doctor told me I need to diet, exercise, and start eating right, and I said, fuck all that shit. That's when I went on that internet there and got me some goddamn lard burner. Ain't nobody gonna take away my cold beer and brisket sandwiches. You hear me, you white coat mother... So join these three buffet killers in the marginal weight loss revolution by going to lardburner.com and putting in our code word glory hoe and lose a pound or two. You salad dodging bastards. Holy shit, Longhorn, you talked about it. Gaining all that weight in the holidays, that lard burner. Oh, man. Uh. 
that's what you're going to have to have after the holidays are over. So I would go ahead and invest in that product now. Um, and, you know, maybe save it. Up. Don't don't take, don't spoil your holiday fun. Go ahead and get a little fat, sassy, getting all fat and sassy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And do that now. And, uh, you know, save that lard burner for January when we're all trying to fucking melt away all of our shame. I would like to offer my services as part of the post-holidays uh, weight-losing program. Okay. To, to women only. You know, it's, it's just oh. for the women if they want to come over and work on some cardio. You know, like a jazzercise coach or something? Some, yeah, like a, you know, jazzercise or more like, you know, um, you know, uh, just just bend it over and we'll, we'll, we'll just bend <laughs> over and knock, knock those pounds right off. I mean, there's there's lots of ways to do it, you know. So, so don't limit yourself to, you know, lard reducing products there's other ways that you can you know drop all that fat that's all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages it's time oh my god okay it's happening stay is happening right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight baby Bells, those bells. Longhorn, it is time to get after it. Week 10 of the NFL season. And starting off, we're fighting the Stussland! Where the Patriots are one and a half punt dogs to the culture. That was was just too... uh... Too soon? I don't know. How close are we to, <laughs> how close are we to 1945? I don't know. Um, yeah, look, here's the deal. Uh, actually, let me give a disclaimer on this entire week, guys. I hate this fucking week. I, you've been hearing me on this on this podcast all year. Love the slates, love the slates, love the slates. I fucking hate this one. I don't know what it is. This entire this entire slate is a danger zone for me. So whichever game gets to the one that's like the like the first game you come to. That's a danger zone game. I'm just going to hit it for that one, but just know it counts for like seven games uh, on, on this slate. So um, this is not one of them, but this is also one that in any other circumstance, I would hit the sounder on New England, but New England is in some sort of like like a double secret probation. I'm not even going to allow them to have the sounder on my podcast. They do not deserve it. Um, and, and, and besides that, I don't think it's responsible to even hit the sounder on this team. Mac Jones is 4-15 and ATS as a dog. New England is fucking dead to me. They're a dead team walking. Um, they're a great teaser spot if you if you feel like, you know, that, that you can trust them to kind of keep it close. Uh, but I'm just going to – I'm going to soft lean to New England, but I can't hit the – I cannot hit the sounder on them. And I do kind of like them in a tease up to 7.5. Uh because, you know, uh, but Belichick, in theory, 
you know, we keep saying that he's this great coach, but in theory, he's been in Germany before. He should have the edge in this game as far as the travel situation. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to the New England and watch them just burn me one one more time this year. Oh god damn it! I just knew you were gonna hit the fucking sounder on New nah, England. I was all excited to. Ah, oh, okay. So you were gonna excited to like tell me I'm stupid. Well, excited to fade you. So uh, <laughs> no man. Here, I've, touch, so, but, I've touched that hot stove too many times. So here's the rule, boys and girls, from <clears throat> the year going forward. Like, and this look, this happens to handicappers. Did you you just get teams in your blind spot? New England is a Longhorns blind spot. So from now on, whichever way he bets these games, we're just going to go the opposite way. I've been doing it all year. It's been the most profitable I've ever been in any system I've ever come up with. I promise you, just whichever. If he says, just go the other way. If he I fucking know, likes them, I don't know that I've tracked Bet the other it. team. I don't know. I, if he if doesn't I, if like I, them, you back the fucking truck up on them, baby. I don't know. You'd have to. I don't track like that way like if i've bet against new england i don't know what my record is i just know it's not good when i bet on them well you love washington last week and uh I no no you love new england washington. sorry sorry no. no sorry you love new england last week yeah so you're right but either way just wh- whichever way he leans just lean lean the other fucking way but he said it's a lean so you know tread lightly tread lightly oh, uh sure. i don't i don't have much in this game either cuz you know i don't like either one of these teams but I'll just go back to, you know, what we had last week, which is part of what we had last week on Kansas City and Miami. This is, before the bye, two teams on a neutral field. The neutral favorite, which would be Indy, 18-6. and six. ATS now, after last week. Neutral dog now, after last week, 8-18. and 18. So, yeah, I'll, I'll just, he leans New England. Spot says Indy. I'll take Indy. I'll put a bet on Indy. Uh, I already did. I thought he was going to hit the sounder, so I didn't put a lot on it, but I already did make a little bet on New England or on Indy because I just kind of knew he would go Belichick mm-hmm. plus the points. We've been doing this a long time, so you know it's not hard to figure out which way the other one's going to go sometimes. Some, every once in a while, we'll surprise each other. But, yeah, just I, I wouldn't suggest a full unit on it, which I didn't do. But I don't mind the teaser spot, though. Uh, I don't know that Indy's really blown anybody out all year. Again, I didn't deep dive in this game. I mean, as bad as as bad as New England offense is, it is fucking poverty. My but the Colts offense or the Colts defense is fucking trash. And um, you know, for whatever reason, Bryce Bryce Young couldn't score on him last week because he's fucking he's worse than Mac Jones. Believe it or not, he's worse than Mac Jones right now. Um, So, which is almost impossible. (laughs) So you think New England can score enough to at least make this a field goal game either way, which puts you safely in the teaser character. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that point. All right, moving on. Oh, God damn, my two fucking wagons so far this year. Oh, it's those Baltimore Ravens. They're hosting those Cleveland Browns, and they are six-point home favorites. Yeah, so this is actually the one that I put in to the Danger Zone, my official Danger Zone pick. So go ahead and hit the sound. This is the Danger Zone Game of the Week. All right, and like I said, this we're, we're playing the music on this one, but it, it's going to hold for about four or five other picks. Um, this one, I just don't understand 
why this line is so high. You can tell me when you get to the numbers over there, but this is a division game. The uh, you know, and it just this this is trappy as fuck. Like, why is this fucking line so high? I said the same thing about Seattle last week. You had a bunch of good shit that, that kept me off of Seattle. Um, but this is a division game, and you know, the, the when they played last time. You know, you can throw that game out. Throw that last game completely out. Oh, that was 100%. Third stringer, doesn't fucking matter. But, like, Harbaugh's not good as a favorite. We know Lamar's not good as a favorite uh, in general. And we know, in general, division games are tend to be closer. I just, maybe I'm walking into it. Uh, I, I just don't understand how they think, and the numbers suggesting that they're going to just go in there and handle that Cleveland team with ease when Watson came back last week and – he looked terrible as you could possibly imagine at the beginning of the game. Towards the end of the game, he started throwing some darts and started getting a little uh, rhythm with his receivers. I don't, um, I, just, I just don't understand it. I'm trying to pull up the tickets right now. So the tickets are 50 50. 73% of the cash is coming in on Cleveland. So literally everything points me to Cleveland in this game. But like I said, it just feels dangerous because what are they doing? I, to, to me, like I don't do the numbers like you do. To me, this line should be four, four and a half, and, and I think, and to me, that feels like they would get the equal action on both sides that that they're you know looking for as as a casino. But they're just putting that six out there, and they ain't fucking moving it, and they're taking money on Cleveland. So to me, that's red flag, red flag, red flag, and it's so it's it's dangerous to me. But I'm gonna lean Cleveland. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Um... Look, like I said, these have been my two wagons all year, both profitable teams in the season. They're both built exactly the same way. The only difference is one of them is just way fucking better than the other one. Now, you said on the numbers part of it, our power rankings make this game, believe it or not, eight. So that's because Cleveland's yeah. offense, with or without Watson, is fucking poverty. And they suck against man coverage. That's all Baltimore does. Baltimore has done well no matter what coverage you throw at them. But their lowest offensive output, not counting the Steelers, because here's the thing. When it comes to Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I throw those games out for both teams. Good or bad, does not matter. It's just one of those anomalies. I just throw them out. So their worst game other than the Steelers was the Colts, who play almost exclusively zone. Cleveland plays, I've said it for three weeks now, a heavy, heavy man scheme. That is not good against Lamar. You turn your back on Lamar, he's going to run. Now, I know they know that. It is a division game, like you said, and they will adjust somewhat and at least try to contain him to inside the pocket as best they possibly can. Now, they got a great defensive line, so they should be able to do that to a respectable point. But the Ravens should still be able to score, and, and this is the only if that will wreck my handicap. If the Ravens can avoid the turnover, which so far Lamar still fumbles too goddamn much, so I don't trust them to not do it. But if they can just not turn the fucking ball over, Cleveland is and and Cleveland's defense plays great, and Baltimore struggles to score, and it's punt, 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 <clears throat> field position game. Cleveland is going to really struggle to score the fucking ball here. Like, I honestly don't see them scoring more than 10 points, even with fucking Watson in there. I see the Ravens, if they don't turn the ball over, they've got enough talent on offense. Their offensive system is good enough. They're fourth overall in DBA on offense. They should score around 20. 
I'm going to go ahead and call the score 20 to 9, Baltimore. Now, one very specific, very specific, I've got a very specific and a very general trend on this game. Very specific trend on this game. Week 10 or later, home favorite in division, coming off a 35 or more point game. So they scored 35 or more points, like Baltimore did, <coughs> versus an opponent that just pitched a shutout, which Cleveland just did. All time, 2 0 ATS with a plus 5.75 ATS margin. Now, that's, that's a very, very specific trend. It's only got two games in the history of fucking ever on it, but it is in division. Now, one very general trend on this game, home field favorites versus a team coming off a shutout win the week before, 41-29-3. That's 58, 58.6% all time. You move that game to week 10 or later, like this is, it's 27-15-2, 64%, with a plus 3.77 ATS margin since two – since 2012, it's 7-4, 64%, the plus 2 ATS margin. Bottom line to me in this game, this is two literally mirror teams built exactly like each other. I get the better one with that's played a tougher schedule than Cleveland has, and I've got an offense that can actually score the ball. Cleveland's offense is literally fucking poverty. I mean, dude, the, the fucking – the amount of opportunities that – Arizona presented them. So I've seen – I can't believe that we didn't talk about this on the recap podcast. But Arizona had 58 yards. 58 yards for the whole fucking game in the year of our Lord, 2023. If you mm-hmm. extrapolate that out, Longhorn, per play, what they gained, you could have given them, on average, eight downs to get a first down, and they would never have gotten one. It could have been like, oh, you know, like fourth and one. No, no, no. Eighth and one. Nope. Turnover on downs. You could have given them eight downs, and they never would have got a first down on their average yards per play in that game. And Cleveland could still barely score the fucking football. And that is against a shitty Arizona defense. So this Cleveland offense is poor. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were holding back. I'm sure that they were, but at the same time, were they holding 30 points back? I don't think so. And and not that it's going to take 30 points to win this game. It's definitely not. I think the first one to 20 wins yeah, for you, sure. If they, get, if they get 17 to 20, they should cover. But they're not going to get 17 to 20 against this defense is my point. At least that's my prediction. I'm not – I mean, I'm kind well, of bullish like the- on it. The, the numbers agree on Baltimore. Like I said, our power rankings said Baltimore should be, again, eight-point favorites. The numbers totally agree on Baltimore. Now, the buckets do agree on Cleveland. However, and it, so the buckets of preferences with this, they went 7-3 and three last week. They're 32-20 and 20 overall since week five. They're crushing it. But I'm just telling you, boys and girls, right now, I'm going to tell you about the buckets on each game. Just looking through the data – I'm expecting them to go about 50-50 this week. So take that for granted. So I could be totally wrong. They could be awesome again. I could be totally wrong about this game. And Cleveland fucking go and and win or at least cover this game. It could totally go that way, but I don't think so. Just feels like a field goal game. But, you know, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's dangerous. All right, moving on. Oh! Those Cincinnati Bengals hosting those Houston Texans. They are now, uh, we'll call it, it's six and a half the contest. It's mainly six and a half across. 
Yeah, because the sevens are juiced to like 120. So we'll call it six and a half. Home favorites over those Houston Texans. Mm. So it dropped down to six and a half in the contest. Um, That's, yeah. It's been like six to six and a half all week. There's been some sevens pop here and there, but every time every time seven pops, it gets bet back down. Yeah, I grabbed a seven on Monday. Talked about that on the Monday uh, pod, but I actually don't like I don't like Houston anymore in this spot. And again, along the same lines, it just feels the whole week is trappy. It's just it's why why are they giving a team like the Texans this many points after (laughs) after that performance? He just came off, you know, like so. Uh, you know, at six and a half, I hate splitting the hairs like this, but I'm sorry. At six and a half, I'm going to lean to Cincy. I actually might, by game time, buy out of my Houston plus seven. Um, you know, it just uh, – uh, why? Why is it like that? You know, that maybe there's – there there is some road away splits with, with Stroud that, that you know, we, we got to pay attention to. He plays way better at home than he does on the road. Of course, he's a rookie. But – this should not coming off the performance he just had. The public should be all fucking over him. I don't know why they set this that high. So again, I'm confused on the number. Everything feels yeah, trappy. Since they, he did just beat Buffalo on a fucking standalone primetime game. Yeah, but but the public's already been back in on since like like that book's already out. You know, and usually no, I mean no, dude. At that number, like that's that's why I thought that call was so great by you last week. It's because, no, like, at that number, that's not the public being all back in on Zinsen. Okay, so then let, well, tell me what this number is. Like, is this number right or is this number too too high? No, but our numbers, this number is too high. It's too sure. high? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so why are they setting these lines too high? I don't... Because it's week 10 and these teams are settling in and there's a lot of data that is underlying. They're going <clears> to... <throat> it's going to start to play itself out for the... I mean, we see this every year. The first half of the season goes one way, and the second half of the season goes another way, and you start to factor in strength of schedule and play styles and situations and buys and blah, 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 and you just start to see these teams start to really hold form going down the stretch. I think that the favorites have also been covering at a higher rate than Vegas is comfortable with, so maybe they're trying to – Set these lines higher to um, to get some of that some of that uh, money back, and uh, let the public come in on these favorites at at a you know at a juiced up number so they can they can get some money back. Again, this feels this feels trappy. I'm gonna uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to fade this amazing rookie quarterback on the road and see if he can go into the jungle here and, and keep this game close because you know I like the way Houston's playing. I like the way the quarterback looks. But since he's on a mission, they're a brand new team. They're they're just they're going to be you know like this feels like a game that'll be twenty seven to twenty. That's really what it feels like. So it probably going to be landing real close to that number. Um, but at six and a half, give me Cincy. All right, so I just just looked it up. Favorites on the season so far are sixty nine, fifty nine, and seven. So it's fifty three point nine percent. So yeah, um, yeah, they're going to get some of that back. They're they're trying. They are trying. But that's an average line of four point eight. So it's yeah. been a it's been a big year uh, for the favorites when the favorites have covered. All right. So on this one, the numbers are with Houston. The buckets are with Houston. But again, there's some underlying things in that that I don't really care for that much on Houston. 
Now, the last two games since he's played has been against two heavy zone coverage teams in San Francisco and Buffalo, who, by the way, are the best two zone-playing teams in the NFL. Buffalo allows 72.9 rating versus their zone, and San Francisco 83.8. So they, they do play that heavily, but they do it very fucking well. And Cincinnati's offense handled them both, scoring 31 and 24 points. The only team they've played uh, with more than 60% zone coverage other than those two are the Cardinals, but the Cardinals fucking suck at it. They give up 105.8 rating versus their zone coverage. They scored 34 in that game. That was their highest output of the season. Well, the Texans play 64% zone, that six, or zone 64% of the time. They give up a 90 rating at it, so they suck at what they do most. You saw fucking Baker go up and down the fucking field on them. That's mostly what people do against them that have a competent offense at all. And on the other side, since he plays a 54-46 uh, blend of zone and man, similar ratings on both sides. And that's what the Texans pretty much have seen all season. Their completion percentage against man is 51.5, so Stroud's not very good against that. But against zone, 70.3, so clearly they prefer to see zone coverage. You got to know with a blended defense like since he runs, they're, they're one of the most uh, balanced defenses in the league. They're going to fucking, um, you know, obviously shade to that side. And that actually shows in their win-loss record when you're talking about Houston. So with some success in both of their three, both or all three of their four wins were against the Jags, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay, who play more zone than the Bengals do. Their only win versus a team that plays more man than since he was against New Orleans. And that was one of Stroud's worst games of the season. And that was such a weird fucking game. I have no – to this day, I don't know how Houston won that fucking game, to be honest with you. Uh, it felt like New Orleans had the ball the whole fucking time. They just got down to the red zone and literally could not fucking score. And they missed field goals and they went for fourth downs and they didn't get it, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. A very weird fucking game. I think it was 17-10 was that one, so not much offensive output for Houston there. And then on top of that, I found a – it's an obscure trend, but it makes sense when you break it down. So 2012, week 10 and on, home favorites of six or more, with a winning percentage of 60% or better, with their average delta point scored of negative two, which what that means is from what Vegas uh, projects on the totals and the teams like um, – Longhorn, you're pretty good at this. So, like, if I said since he was minus three versus Team B and the total was 40, right, they're supposed to be – it's supposed to be, what, 27 to uh, – No, it's too many. Oh, sorry. What? So, 20 – it's minus three. So, it's, like I said, you're better at this than I am. A total, off, of, off a total of 40? Yeah, total of 40. Uh, that would be seven, so uh, basically 20, 20, 20 th- no, that's not, uh, so 20, be a weird, like 20, 20, yeah, basically 22 and a half to, or whatever, 22 21, 18, 17, yeah, 21, 18, 20, 22 to 18, but that's, yeah. that's shading a little bit to the sense of either way. So how you figure that is as you go through the season, Vegas has your, you know, your average, uh, point scored figured by the line. So, they are two points minus their average uh, delta point scores. So they're two points worse on the season by the average. So anytime you have that team in that situation at home field, week 10 or later, 14 and 5 ATS, covering by seven and a half points per game, 18 and 1 straight up, winning by 16 and a half points per game. 
Now, make that even worse, which since he is on the season, average delta point scored minus four or greater. 5-0 and straight up, 5-0 and ATS, covering by 13 points per game and winning by 22. Basically, what that's telling you is it's a team that has severely uh, underperformed expectations through the first nine weeks of the season, but yet somehow they're six-point favorites or more at home in week 10 or beyond. It's kind of what we're talking about. It, it It's weird. We don't know why the number is what it is. By the numbers, it's, the number's way too high. But that is just a trend of telling you, if Vegas setting this number here, they know what they're doing. They've seen this movie before a million times, and it's it's definitely sense of your past for me here. All right. All right, moving on. Oh! Oh, my Jacksonville Jaguars. They are home dogs by three points. Those San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> yeah, this is another one that on Monday I was on San Fran, you know, sprinkled on that early lines, and I just, I just don't, I, I'm, I'm gonna be wrong on that. I just, I'm gonna be freaking wrong because all, where, where is it right here? All the tickets are coming in on San Fran, and all the cash is coming in on Jacksonville. So I'm on the square side. I'm on the square side. With a team that fucking everybody was picking to win the Super Bowl fucking four weeks ago. Um, You know, Debo's going to be back. Williams is going to be back. Now, I'm a little concerned about the the double concussion with Purdy. So, maybe that's what's factoring in here. And also, maybe just Jacksonville is, you know, everybody else can see how good they are when I just can't, um, you know. So, the value is probably all on Jacksonville. I probably will buy out of my... Um, my uh, San Fran minus three. Uh, probably buy that out, and I'll wait till San till Jacksonville gets to plus two and a half and tease them up. Um, but yeah, just fuck, man. Like, how in the fuck are they going to lose four in a row? Is San Fran going to lose four? Like, are they just going to be? Are they going to miss the playoffs now? Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> I mean, like, they have to win. A, like, this is a desperate team coming off of a bye. Everything tells me to take San Francisco. And yet here I am. This is why I hate this fucking slate. Here I am on the fucking square side of of something that like should be obvious. You take fucking San Fran at a field goal or less when they're desperate, need a win, and getting all their players back. I don't know, man. Just I hate it. I don't like it. I think you should wait live until Jacksonville goes up seven nothing, and then bet San Fran money line. I think you should just do your handicap and shut up. That's what you should do. <laughs> just just do it. I don't have much of a handicap, but as you can <clears> see, <throat> I am wearing my Jacksonville hoodie over here. So you know who I'm rooting for. Uh, this this is a double uh, after the buy situation. So you got in double bad spots. So after the buy away favorite, 36-35 for San Fran. So not profitable, but over 50-50. Uh Home dog after the bye, Jacksonville, terrible situation. 23 and 28. Oh, excuse me. No, 23 and 28. So the buckets came up. San Fran came up in two really bad buckets, but Jacksonville came up in one of the worst buckets we possibly have. So that became a no call from the buckets. Any, anything graded under 53% uh, to one side or the other is no call. So, literally, I got no help from any of our data. Mm-hmm. The fucking numbers are split. Cats and dogs are living together. 
I have no fucking clue what's going to happen in this game. I'm glad I have no money in it. I will have no money on it, but I will be rooting for them goddamn Jaguars. Now you might have money on it when I put it in as a teaser if it goes to two and a half. Ah, fuck. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if this is a good teaser situation or not because I think that Actually, you know what? No, I'm not even going to offer an opinion on that because I don't, I don't even – like, San Fran is is kind of that bully ball team, but Jacksonville doesn't get fucking bully balled very much, man. They just don't. And they're don't. good against the run. Like, like they're, they're, good at, they're good against the run, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I didn't dig – I did not dig into this game very much. The data gave me no pathways for any kind of fucking call on it, so I said, fuck it, and I'm saying, go Jaguars! Yeah. All right. I might just put them in a fucking money line round robin just for fucking shits and giggles. I don't oh, know. Oh, for sure. They're a perfect candidate for that. All right, moving on. Oh, it's those Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> and they are two and a half point home dolls, those new Hall Saints. Finally. Finally. Okay, now now you can you hear the change in my voice. You hear the, the up tempo. Like, this is finally a game that I like. This feels like the ultimate buy low spot on New Orleans after, you know, after what is a perceived bad performance last week, and it was a bad performance, um, kind of on the scoreboard. You know, they only won by seven. They didn't cover against Chicago. Um, but you talked about it on Monday, all the ridiculous shit that happened in that game. I think it was five turnovers and, and uh, you know, whatever. They, they should have blown the doors off Chicago, but they didn't. Now you're getting Dobbs and Minnesota coming in here. Or not coming in. Where's, it, uh, where's this game at? It's in Minnesota. Yeah, so, yeah, but Dobbs is playing for Minnesota now, and that was an amazing performance last week. Don't get me wrong, but that's <laughs> that you can't count on that, and the fact that this line is only two and a half for the way better team in New Orleans, and Dobbs is Dobbs is a great story. He was a great story in Arizona. He's still going to be a great story now in Minnesota, but let's not get it twisted. He's one and nine as a starter. So, is that bad though? That's not very good. And this, okay. as long as this line is under the three, then I think that this is just public, you know, perception. Depressed on New Orleans and shooting Minnesota up. And I just, I love New Orleans here. And and the you talked about that Houston and New Orleans game earlier in the year, and I actually had uh, New Orleans in that game. That was when they were having their severe red zone issues with Derek Carr and his sorry ass in the red zone. Well, uh, they've completely changed that and flipped the script on that because Taysom Hill has come in and been the savior. Really sucks for all the fantasy owners out there if you've got Carr or Kamara or any of the receivers because when they get inside the 10, what forget about Taysom it. What if Taysom Hill is your flex, though? Yeah, then you're doing great because <laughs> – then, then you got then you got a cheat code because he's a fucking tight end. It's just it's it's cheating because he just comes in every time they get inside the ten. It's Taysom Hill time, okay. And so since they since they made that switch and that happened in the Thursday was it Thursday night or Monday night game against um, against Jacksonville, and they just started scoring and scoring and scoring in that game. And since then, it's kind of helped that offense and that and that bog down they've been having in the red zone for the first part of the year. So, yeah, I love New Orleans here. I'm all over New Orleans in this in this game. All right. Well, uh, again, this is another one where the Buckets do lean Minnesota. It's 54-46, but, again, it's another one of those underlying. It's not really trustworthy. Now, uh, New Orleans, great fucking spot. Before the bye, away favorite 38-27. and 27. Love that. New Orleans has been very good away from home this year, which is very different 
from years past. They lost two games, though. They lost a game at the Packers where they were up 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And then I don't know what the fuck happened. And they lost to Houston, like I said earlier, in a game. Oh, it's longer than you had. It was a bad beat for you. They outgained Houston. They outpossessed Houston. They had a better YPP. They had more first downs. And they had less turnovers. But somehow, they lost that fucking game. So, for that reason, the fact that Minnesota and Houston are very similar opponents, I did focus in on that game when looking at this one. The first thing that stuck out to me is exactly what you said. Derek Carr sucks in the fucking red zone. His completion percentage inside the 20 is 45.5. The only starters, regular starters, that are worse than him are Geno Smith, (laughs) Matt Stafford, Tyrod Taylor, Walker, Texas Ranger, and your boy Levis, who started two games ever. Great. Great company. Yeah. But here's the thing. He hasn't had any turnovers in the red zone. So that means they at least come out with points until their fucking stupid-ass coach decides to go fourth and one with him instead of Taysom Hill. That's beside the point. But anyway, the Vikings are 19th in red zone percentage allowed in defense, which is obviously below average. But the crazy thing is, Longhorn, at home, at home, they're the second-worst team in the NFL in allowing red zone touchdowns. They go up to 77.78% at home. Houston on the other side is 14th. So when the Saints played them and they went 0-3 in the red zone for touchdowns, it's not really surprising. Houston is an above-average red zone defense. Now, they shouldn't go 0-3, but whatever. So either way, New Orleans, with all the improvements you talked about, they're going to have a much easier time here putting touchdowns up versus the Vikings in the red zone. Now, Longhorn, I don't know if you realize this, but Minnesota has not lost a game in a month. Their yeah. only losses on the season are to Kansas City, the Chargers, and the Eagles. And yeah, Tampa Bay week one, but that's week one. So they are a winning team on a four-game winning streak, and yet they're two-and-a-half-point home dogs to a Saints team that barely beat the Bears at home? <laughs> that tells you right there something is fishy with this line. Thanks. Stank. So I dug into what both teams do best, and that's their defense. The Saints play the most man defense in the league, period. Dobbs completes just 58% of his passes against man coverage versus 66 versus zone. His completion percentage versus man over balls or on balls over 20 yards is 27.3%, which is 12th worst in the league. Combine that with the fact that the Saints are the number three team in the league at preventing explosive plays versus man coverage. And that means the Dobbs is going to have to methodically beat this Saints defense up and down the field. And it will have to be him to do that because Minnesota's 17th in EPA rushing on offense. They suck. And the Saints are top five rushing EPA defense. So I would not play any Vikings running backs this week in fantasy. Plus, many only runs at 34% of the time any fucking way. So now I've got a quarterback who struggled versus man. He's got no running game. Very little chance for an explosive play. And on the flip side, nobody, nobody blitzes more than Minnesota. 53.7% of the time they blitz, but they are terrible at it. They are giving up 71.9% completion percentage on their blitzes, which is 53% of the time. That is third worst in the league. 
Now, Derek Carr is not good under pressure. Only 51.5% completions, but he's only been under pressure 25.4% of the time. This is the seventh fewest amongst, amongst regular starters this season. And the last time he faced a defense that was top five in blitz rate, it was the Patriots who blitzed 33% of the time. And they only give up 60% completions, so they blitz half as much as the Vikings and are at least 30% better at covering it. Well, they beat the Pagers 34 to nothing. Now, Carr didn't have a career day, but he was clean, he was efficient, and that's all he needs to be in this game. Everything in this game, to me, points the Saints to continuing towards their climb for this division title. Minnesota will continue to fight, but I just don't think this is a very it's not a very good matchup for them. So I'm not calling Minnesota dead or anything like that, but for me, it is definitely Saints or pass. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, it's those Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're hosting. Oh, Longhorn's most hated team, those Green Bay Packers. No. And they are, let's see. Uh, it's three and a half in the contest. It's, yeah, juiced at minus 120 on three. So, yeah, we'll, we'll call it 3.25. Let's just call it three and a half. Three and a half point home favorites. Yeah, they are not my most hated team. That that's that's definitely New England. The Packers just <laughs> Packers just suck. They got a shitty they quarterback. They suck. Um, yeah, this yeah this was one also on Monday that I uh, was an early line for me. I took Pittsburgh minus three, and I'm not coming off of that like I like I'm fading on the other two. I'm 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 planting my flag on this Pittsburgh team, and I know that this is not this the spot that you want, Tomlin. You like him as a dog, not as a favorite. I get all that, um, but you know, I looked that up though as I was researching <clears> this game in the last two years since Pick has been there. He he's like covering like sixty percent of his favorite at home. So oh oh, at home, okay. So yeah, yeah. so I, I, this is a plan. I'm, you know, I don't Packers can't score in the first half all year. They cannot score. I mean, they can barely score in the second half too. Pittsburgh, we've seen, but in the this, fourth quarter versus Saints, they are yeah, monsters. Yeah, they'll score in the second half occasionally. That's when they've had their moments. And we've seen that Pittsburgh is just a struggle bus on offense. And anytime they do, you know, get some scoring going, it's also in usually in the second half. So if you want to look at the game under or maybe the first half under, that's that's probably a good way to lean there. Uh, but I just don't see any way in hell that Jordan Love can go on the road against this defense and that pass rush and keep it within three points. So I I uh, I don't like that it's just sticking there. I don't know if it's ticked up to three and a half at all and ticked back down. Uh, but every time I've looked at it, it stayed at three. And yeah, it's Pittsburgh... three and a half in the contest. Oh, those motherfuckers. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, okay, then forget everything I just said. But, yeah, uh, still love Pittsburgh. Um, I probably won't play in the, in the contest, though, now. So thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Westgate. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. <laughs> God damn it. All right, so how many three and a halves are there? That's not a. It's not a. It's not like there's a. It's three and a half at points bet. Three and a half at whatever. But that just, is. but just, just glancing at it, like what's the, like fifty fifty. Fifty fifty, but it's it's juice both ways. So if you want three and a half, you're paying. You're laying one eighteen. If you want three, you're laying one twenty. So. So I guess if it goes to four by Saturday, maybe I'll take Pittsburgh. I don't know. We'll see. All right, so the numbers on this one. Where the fuck is this game at? Sorry. Uh, my gosh. Okay, they're split. 
The buckets on this one are with Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay actually didn't fall into buckets, but Pittsburgh falls into two terrible buckets, and I like the buckets here for Green Bay. Now, inside the game, both these teams fucking stink. and That's just the bottom line to it. I have no idea how Pittsburgh ever wins a fucking game, to be honest. They have a negative scoring margin on the season. Now, they do have the ninth-ranked D- EPA defense this year so far, but they stink versus the run. 17th in, in EPA rush defense. That's the only thing the Packers do above average at all on either side of the ball. Their 10th EPA in rushing success rate and the turnover luck that Pittsburgh has had so far, it, it just can't be sustainable, man. In fact, since 2012, week 10 and on, a home favorite of four or less the positive turnover margin versus a team with a negative turnover margin is 21, 34, and 4 ATS. That's 38.2%. In the last five years, since 2018, that's 10, 22, and 2, 31%. So that keeps getting stronger within that system. That's on Green Bay? So that's that, that favors Green Bay? Oh, yeah. <sighs> and as far as a home favorite or less with a negative scoring margin – with a winning percentage somehow of 60% or better versus a team with a positive scoring margin and a winning percentage of somehow less than 40 all time. 1-4 ATS, 1-4 straight up. Look, I don't love it. Just like almost everything else this week, I'm with my buddy. This is a tough fucking I hate fucking, this fucking, tough fucking slate. It is. But I am not laying three points with the Steelers. They cannot three, three and a half. I don't give a fuck. They can't score the fucking ball. Since 2012, week 10 and on, so at least half of the season's gone. If you're scoring 17 points a game or less, and you're home favorites of four or less, you are six and thirteen ATS with a negative 4.1 ATS margin. Seven and twelve straight up. Now 13 and six to the over with a plus 5.32 <clears throat> margin there. So and that's on an average total of 40. So I'm gonna go ahead and make this my do no wong teaser and bringing it back. It's been a while since I brought one of these back. This is going to be it. So I'm going to take the te- the Packers. I'm going to tease them up to 9.5. I'm going to tease the total down to 33. I'm going to take the over. And I actually like Ugh. the Packers here and the points, or I pass on the actual game. <clears throat> but this will be the official Do No Wong teaser of the week. Why are you, just out of curiosity, why are you teasing that total down and taking the over instead of teasing it up and taking the under? Because it, on that trend that I just gave uh, of the set, if you score 17 points a game or less, home favorites of four or less, you are 13 and six to the over. And that is when the average total of 40. This total is 39. So, in other words, everybody expects no points, you get points. So, last week, you were talking about the Steelers are in a bad spot of a home favorite and whatever, whatever you, whatever you were saying, and they just covered last week in that exact spot against um, Tennessee. So, like it, the odds are all against them as far as those trends you just threw out there. They just bucked that trend last week. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking them. I'm not taking them two weeks in a row to um, buck a trend with that strong of a um, of a history on it. So I'm out on Pittsburgh. I mean, I, every fucking one that I had on Monday, I'm out on. So way yeah. to go. It's a tough week. It is a tough fucking <laughs> week, Bobby. Uh, all right, uh, moving on. Oh, it's those Tampa <clears throat> Bakers. Heartbroken after last week. 
And they are. Jesus Christ, this line is all over the fucking place. Oh, I see it one and a half. I see it one. I see half a point. I see one. Plus, I see a plus one. What the fuck? Where, where's this shit at in the contest? Are there plus one in the contest? Holy shit, this thing flipped like a motherfucker. Okay. Which one's plus one? Tampa Bay is plus one. So we'll call uh, Fuck it. We'll call them uh we'll call if you want to call it a pick, we'll call it plus one, whatever. They're they're hosting the Tennessee Titans. I mean, yeah, my my entire handicap was written up as them as Tennessee is the dog. Um and I already You can teased. still get them. you can still get them. Uh in fact at FanDuel they're one and a half. So I don't know why <laughs> the fuck we're so far apart on this shit. But yeah, they're there's literally at DraftKings they're minus one. At points, but they're plus a half a point. Yeah, I, I've already teased up Tennessee when they were uh, plus plus one or one and a half. I'd have to check. Um, it had to be one and a half, or I wouldn't tease it. So if they're going, you can still get. You can still get that. Yeah, and, and if and if Tampa Bay goes goes and flips to the underdog at one and a half, then I'll tease their ass up too to seven and a half, and I'll 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 get both of them. Um, you know, the Tampa Bay defense is just so fucking bad. And even with Vea coming back last week, like, I just – I was watching – like, he he is all or nothing. He will When he wants to make a play, he'll make a play in the middle of that defense. When he doesn't, he just doesn't care. He'll he'll let some shitty-ass offensive lineman push him back five yards, and he's like, eh, whatever. He just doesn't care. Um, but in this one, you know, um, the rookie – Depends on what he had for lunch. I think. Well, I'll tell you what he had for lunch is a is a fucking huge contract. And usually when you pay <laughs> usually when you pay those big fatties a big contract, that effort tends to um, go up and down at best. Um yeah, I'll just take the better coach here. I like Tennessee in this game. I don't minus one, whatever, plus one. If you if, if it's on that pick 'em line, I like I like them to win the game. Uh and again, if you can get either one teased up to over seven then that then that's good to go there um yeah just very well um, what's the coach's name for for it's bowls todd like he's todd bowls he's, he's another awful. one of those yeah there, there's a lot of really bad coaches in this league and he's he's at that top of the top of the list of, of those bad coaches in the league so yeah give me the better coach and um and yeah i, I like tennessee to win the game all right so on this one um well, I can't. I can't even say the buckets are there now because Tampa Bay is not officially going to be favored. So there's no buckets on either one of these. Uh, Was well, going to be Tampa Bay. They get the bucket on pick to favorite, but we'll see where it closes. Out. I can't even say that with confidence. So we'll just leave that out on the numbers perspective. I'm pretty sure this was a no. Yep, exactly a fucking no call. So mm. uh, and that was with Tampa Bay minus one. So again, either way. Tampa Bay minus one to Tennessee plus one is still going to be a no call on our power rankings the way we do things. So either way it goes, you got no data advantage on this here. However, I did find, and I did make a bet. I, I love and I bet. I did make a bet on this game. I found a very obscure trend on this one, and it's to the over. So that's how I bet it. So here it is. In the previous game, a team scored 35 points or more and lost on the road. And now they're... Well, fuck. If they're not home favorites, it doesn't even count either. If they're home, well, I already bet it. They were home favorites. We'll see. Their mm-hmm. home favorites are two and a half or less. Four zero and one to the over with a plus fifteen margin on average. 
And that's with a total of 42 and a half. This total is 38 and a half. So I bet the over. I like the over. That yeah, Tampa Bay's like defense that fucking one. sucks. And you know what? Tennessee's offense has looked much better since the kiddo came in. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like the over. I like the over in this one because both, both passing games can work. Um, so, you know, and just, they're just destined. These Baker, I swear, like every game, they're just destined to play a close game, whether it's ugly or whether it's a shootout. It's destined to be close because that's just that's just kind of the way he rolls, man. If, if he's down, he's going to get you back. If he's up, he's going to fuck it up and let the other team back in. It's just it's just what he does. Yeah, and we do, we do definitely want Tennessee to win the game for our season over-under uh, perspective, so. Go Titans and go over. All right, moving on. Oh, this is a fabulous game. Those Arizona Cardinals. One and a half point home dogs to those hot Atlanta Falcons. This is a fabulous game because it is the one and only sounder of the week. So hit that sounder. Give me those stupid fucking midget Cardinals to actually win a game here. I mean, this is... This is just a spot play. This is Atlanta on the road as a favorite. No thank you. Uh, Tyler Heineke, no thank you. Kyler Murray is, he, it's not like he's, he hasn't played all year, but it's not like he hasn't been practicing. He's been practicing and ready to go for two or three weeks. They just haven't, they've chosen not to play him for obvious reasons. Uh, but this is kind of the showcase game for him, maybe against the team that he could be traded to in the offseason. So um, I like all the motivation. For Arizona, they're, they're not going to win a lot of games this year. It might actually only be two or three. This is one that, at home against a team that's kind of flailing, and they could still win here. They could still a game here. I like Arizona to win this game outright. I like them in the tease up. Um, and, and my last note is, why did you even draft Bijan Robinson if you're not going to use him? I swear to God, that coach for Atlanta, I said that on draft night. I was so pissed. What it? I wasn't because he, he should have fucking a thousand yards. Oh already. no, you were excited. And I was like, God damn it! And you're like, No, he, this is gonna be good for him. I'm like, I don't think it is. Well, it should be if the coach wasn't a fucking moron. Like, why are you giving? He is a moron. You and you were right. He looks like a dope. Oh, he looks God. like a dope. I actually, since you said that on the podcast, I was like, <laughs> all right, I gotta, I gotta see this guy in action. He literally looks like. Like a fucking department manager at the Home Depot that doesn't know where to tell you where the fucking lumber is. Like, what mm. the fuck are we doing? Yeah, look, I know nobody wants to bet on Arizona, and I know it's scary to bet on a quarterback that's coming back off of a injury last year that hasn't played. But I mean, what 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 Kyler does running around and just kind of playground and shit like that. If he's healthy enough to play, he's going to be healthy enough to do that running around shit. So I like them to to get a little. A little mini boost here, and this week only, probably. <laughs> and, and, yeah, no, pu- no pun intended. No pun intended, and win this game. All right. Uh, okay, so Atlanta before the bye, away favorites are in a great spot, thirty-eight and twenty-seven. So that definitely goes against you. The numbers are split. The buckets are also with Atlanta here, um, but. Look, man, I again, I had a hard time with this game, and it's going to be a pass for me. And to me, it feels like a mistake to pass in this game, but I do lean against you. But, again, it, it's only a lean. I don't know how you play this game with all the unknowns. I don't even know if the Cardinals will have – I don't know if they I don't know if they get the mini boost with Kyler back. Now, Connor 
is also possibly going to be back. Now, if he's back, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I retract everything I'm about to say, and I'm with you. But without Connor, if you just give me Kyler, look, dude, I don't even know if Kyler's good anymore. He wasn't good last year, and now he's coming off an injury? Like, I don't know. And the Cardinals' offense, like I talked about before, they were the worst thing in recorded fucking history last week. Literally the worst thing. Now, I know Atlanta's defense sucks, so that's not the same game. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. A real quarter. Like, that's, like, that's a I, massive cavern. No, no, yeah, I, I get it. Two. But I, I think from an energy perspective is what I don't know. Because what the Cardinals do know as players, and we talk about this all the time, players don't quit. Yeah, GMs make maneuvers to make sure that, you know, they're not going to be successful or whatever. And coaches don't quit either because coaches are coaching for their jobs, players are playing for their jobs. So everything below the fucking press box never quits. However, we talked about before that game last week on the Cleveland thing, you traded away the one dude that could help you win that game or even go compete on purpose for a bag of fucking footballs, which tells the players – they don't give a fuck about us actually winning. Does Kyler coming back energize them? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, you got to think that, like, like that's hard on, like, no matter what they think about Kyler, nobody wants to go out there and be as embarrassed as they were last week. And at least with Kyler, you're not going to be that embarrassing. So there's got to be some sort of a tiny little boost, whether it's, yeah, like, if it's big I, enough to get them to win this game, I don't know, but. For for me, what like this this is the ultimate like live like I will be trying to live bet this game because if they come out and Kyler is showing like a burst and they they're fired up and they're flying around on defense, then yeah, I'm gonna fucking live bet the Cardinals or whatever I can get them at before hopefully before any scores are going on and lay the money and go with uh, Arizona. But if they come out flat. If they just come out flat, and they could even take the lead, but if they if their defense looks flat, and maybe they drive down and kind of get three points or whatever, I'm probably gonna be fucking hammering fucking Atlanta because, again, it's Heineke playing. He's you know he's not great. Obviously, he's actually really bad, but he's way better than fucking Ritter. And Atlanta need Atlanta's still in a division race. Like they have to fucking. You talk about Arizona being motivated to win a game. Atlanta, this is the game they have to like. If they lose this game, their season is over. It is fucking over. So max motivation for them, one hundred percent. I have no idea what the fucking motivation is for Arizona. Pre flop, I could only lean to Atlanta because that and data during the game. That's which is probably the way I'll play it. I'll see how it's playing out. But yeah, pre flop, it's max motivation one way. I got the better team in Atlanta. I mean you. You sold me on Atlanta preseason. I know we bet the honor on them, but you sold me on them. They came out. They did a lot of things you said they were going to do. You know, starting out, they do have talent. They are the they're the better football team by a fucking mile, like a by a mile. And somehow so, they're going to be five and five. If they win this game. If if they win this game, but they know they have to fucking go win this game. Not even using their the fucking first round draft. Pick. He's only averaging five yards per carry. You really want me to fucking give him the ball? I mean, my God. Feels like that'd be a good plan. I don't know. What do I know? Yeah, what do you know? All right. <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, those Los Angeles superchargers. Oh, they're on the, they're streaking, baby. They're streaking. Somehow the three-point home dogs are your Detroit Lions. 
Yeah, this is another one that's kind of fishy and it just feels trappy, but I think I'm going to be on the square side and lean to Detroit. Um, it was two and a half, and I put this bet in already at two and a half for Detroit. I guess it's up Is it? Um, it's up to three. It's, so. it's three painted now. I, I locked in at two and a half also in my online contest. Yeah, but it feels like we might be walking into it. I don't know. Um, the defense for the Chargers has been – I've got to get them credit. Like like the last – I don't know. I have to look at the numbers. But the last two or three games – It's only two games. I've got the numbers to break it, It's only been second. two? Yeah. Well – Detroit's as healthy as they're going to be all year right now, assuming Montgomery plays, and it seems like he probably will play in this game. So this is the healthiest Detroit team that there has been all year, and all year they've been playing well. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's straight up or again, they're six and two straight up and against the spread. So they've just they've they've met expectations that came into the season. They've exceeded expectations uh, for a lot of people. So. You know, if it just feels like I'm stepping into it a little bit, but I but I did watch the you know that Jets game last week, specifically the second half, and there were a lot of opportunities for the Jets to do something in that game. Opportunities. Chargers were trying to charge her in that game big time, but the Jets just wouldn't have anything uh, to do with that, and they just wanted to get blown out of that fucking game in prime time. Um, I don't want to win. Oh my God! Like they're just there were so many chances. And Zach Wilson just he just there were it wasn't he he couldn't do it. So did the Chargers uh, score in the second half in that game? Did they? Well, that they was a scored, defensive touchdown, right? No, it was well, it was a fumble. Uh, I think it was a fumble or a pick that the Chargers the Chargers got the ball like inside the five on a turnover, and then they just punched it in and got a cheap touchdown. But yeah, they didn't do much. Oh, so. did he not? Because I I saw I I went to bed, but I saw a replay. It was it was a fumble. And he dove to the end zone. I thought he scored. So I guess maybe they called him out of bounds. I, I fucking I I don't know. I was I was I was half watching and just half pissed off because I had the Jets. So it just it just it's frustrating to watch that team. But the bottom line is that the Chargers can be. There were opportunities for the Jets to score. Detroit will take those opportunities to score. We know the Chargers aren't that great against the run. Detroit's going to pound the rock. Feels like still at three, even though it's square as fuck and everybody's on the char- on the Lions here. That that's the right side. Um, so I'm gonna be on the I'm gonna be on Troy. I'll, I'll go with the public this week and I'll take I'll take that chalky ass public side and, and take the uh, the Lions. What do you got? Yep, numbers are split on here. Uh, the buckets are on Detroit, and it's a very good spot for Detroit. Uh, I love this. Detroit here. The only thing I don't love is the actual spot. After the byway favorites again, 36-35. So basically 50-50. I don't love that, but I do love the fucking matchup. Now, the Chargers have become an easy team to handicap against for me. If you can score the ball, you can beat them. If you can score the ball and have a good defense, you can beat their fucking breaks off. Now, the only team they played all year that's as good on both sides of the ball as Detroit was Kansas City. And they got beat fucking handily. We took the fucking L on that one. And it's really not even so much the opposing offense that matters as much because their defense fucking sucks. They're 23rd in DVOA. And people are going to say, just like you said, yeah, but they're getting better. Yeah, the last two weeks, they've had to play the Bears and the Jets, who are poverty fucking offenses and even against those two poverty offenses 
that specific week, their defense was still not even in the top five of DVOA, which they should have been if they're good at all, which they're not. So, in a full week of tough calls, this honestly seems so easy to me. It's fucking scary. So, definitely Detroit. I, <clears throat> It's two and a half in the contest. It's a no-brainer. But it is? Three, oh, yeah. They put it. Oh, fuck. We've got a break. Sweet. But it's still a no-brainer for me at three. I don't, I don't see Detroit winning this game less than double digits. I really don't. Again, the Chargers are just not a good football team overall. They played two fucking poverty, poverty, poverty fucking offenses the last two weeks. They've handled their business. So How would th- they put that at, at two and a half? They're usually pretty good at reading the, the market. But that means everybody's going to be – like that'll be a 30% – Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. But we're on. We'll be on the public side. It doesn't sure. matter. I, I'm with you. I, there, I, I am not betting the Chargers against a good football team. Probably the rest of the year. Like I said, they, they've become a very easy team to handicap. They're like Miami, like in and and like Seattle, which we'll get to in a minute. They're they're just by halfway through the season, you kind of are what you are, and it would take a major change in either a scheme change or or, or uh, maybe uh, people come back from injury, something like that that would to have to change your stars halfway through a season, and they don't they're not going to have any of that. Like they are what they are. Detroit is what they are, and if Montgomery's coming back, oh my god, that's fucking e- even fucking better, even fucking better. Yeah, that's that's the report. So he he might come back. So we'll see. All right, moving on. So Dallas Cowboys, they're laying one million points to mm-hmm. the New York Football Giants. Minus yeah, one million, a, Longhorn. What do you have? Yeah, yeah. This is a time saver. I didn't even do a write up on this. I mean, everybody knows the situation with the Giants. They got a third string, not real quarterback playing for them. Cowboys coming off a primetime embarrassing, not embarrassing, but a primetime loss that everybody saw that they should definitely not have. embarrassing. That was a hell yeah, of a not, game. Not embarrassing. Could have won. Some people say should have won. Now they're coming home. Division foe that they that this is their sweet spot. They always kill these division or they always beat these division foes. They always cover against these division foes. So I can only lean to Dallas coming back home, getting right against a team that does not have a starting quarterback. So that's that's all I got. I didn't even do a write up. That was just that's the only way you can go on this one. Yep, I didn't even run the numbers. I didn't even run the buckets. Uh, it's pointless. Danny DeVito is playing quarterback for the Giants. Look, I love him in Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. And I loved him playing the retard in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm not interested in him as a quarterback. Look, one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot, Longhorn, is the Cows. You know, we talk about, like, uh, the Ravens being bullies and the Bills being bullies. We don't talk about the Cowboys being bullies. But we should, because since Dak showed up in 2016, when they've been favored by 11 or more, seven times they've been favored that. They're 5-2 and two ATS in those games. And at home, 3-1, and one, covering by eight points per game and winning by an average of 24 points per game. And I've got a little theory on that I'll just pass to you. I think the reason why... We don't think about the Cowboys because in years past with Roma and stuff, they were had really good teams, blah, blah, blah. And they would always kind of shit the bed against these shitty teams. Not necessarily lose, but, you know, call it close or whatever. But I think with Dak being a fourth-round pick and the chip on his shoulder and all the shit that that kid takes in this fucking town, when he gets the opportunity 
to really step on somebody's fucking neck. Mm-hmm. He takes it and they do it. So I that's just my theory of why they've been so fucking good as huge favorites since he showed up in Dallas. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, you know, and just well, I mean, they're I hate to piss off Cal fans, but they're 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 front runners. They've been front runners for a long time, and when you're a front runner, yeah, but dude, I mean, think about. And we've been watching the Cowboys for a long time. Think about all the games. They've been double-digit favorites with really good teams. And they would, like, barely pull out a win or, like, almost shit the bed or yeah, whatever. Those were, those were the Tony Romo Cowboys, though. It's That's been a long time since then. Like that's. But that yeah. sticks in the public mindset. So I think that's the reason why we don't talk about the Cowboys being bullies. But, again, since that show up, they really have been. And I, I, just my personal theory that I came up with was just because – he is a fourth round pick. He's not, you know, he he has that fucking chip on his shoulder, and he does get so much shit in this town every goddamn time they lose. But I'm with you. It's fucking Cowboys are past. I have the Cowboys winning by one million and one point. Yeah, they'll cover the one million barely. Barely. All right, moving on. <laughs> Sixteen and a half, though. For anybody interested in an actual spread. Good line. Good line. Good line. All right. Oh, Seattle Seahawks. They're hosting those goddamn Washington Redskins. Six-point home favorites. Yeah, this is another one that falls into that, you know, just just danger zone type category. I don't really understand why they're why they're fucking making this six points. Um, this should be like a slam dunk to take Seattle at six points when – uh, Washington's coming off that that fucking win in New England, but but what? Help me out. I'm, I'm gonna send it to you because to me this line should be seven. It, it should, they should be making us take the Commanders, the the Redskins. They should be making us take them by putting this line at seven, seven and a half. The fact that they stuck it at six. I'm trying to click on the numbers now. They stuck it at six. Ninety percent of the cash is coming in on Seattle. Like everything at that number. It's all Seattle. Why would they do that? Why would they do that, Jim? Jim, why did they do that? Jim, why they put it? Why did they put it at six when they know that everything's going to come in? This feels like a fucking trap of traps, um, and I can't do it. I can't not. And, I, and whether it's a side or not, I can't lay six with Geno the way he's playing. Um, I wish they'd have put it at fucking seven, so then I could have just taken the Commanders and, and felt better about it, but. Where it's at, I'm I'm just all off on this game. I, I have no feel for this at all at that number. Yeah, so this is a tale of two kind of thought processes for me on this one. Uh, when I first saw this line, I was like, yeah, Seattle, of course. Mm-hmm. No problem. And honestly, when I started digging into it, the, this is exactly a no-call at six. So per our power rankings, this is, this is the number. This, so I think that Vegas said it at this number. is like, meh, we'll see where the fucking market takes us. So, which is fair enough to do, especially a game like this that won't be, uh, which every NFL game is heavily bet in Vegas in comparison to any other sport. But in comparison to each other, this will not be a very heavily bet game um, in comparison to the rest of them. Now, on the buckets, there is no buckets on this game. So, we have nothing there. If you look inside the games, Washington plays 64% zone coverage, and I've documented very well that that's what Seattle does best against, and 
Washington doesn't play zone coverage very well. They don't play anything very well. Uh, 100 rating versus that, and a 68.5% completion percentage against. Now, Seattle's offense isn't great overall, but it's at its best versus heavy zone coverage. In fact, in the games where Seattle scored 20 or more, it's all against heavy zone coverage. They're 5-0 straight up and ATS. The Skins have allowed 20 points or more in six out of nine games this year. That should continue here. I definitely can't do anything else but go Seattle. And then I went back to the um, average Delta points scored trend on this one. So, again, 2012, weeks 10 or later, home favorite six or more, 60% winning percentage or better. Average Delta points scored minus one. 24 and 13 ATS plus 5 ATS margin, 31 and 5 straight up, winning by 14 points per game. It's Geno Smith. He's at home. He's facing a, he's going to face a coverage that he's very comfortable facing. This is a spot. Again, Seattle's one of those teams that come pretty easy to handicap for me as far as when to play on them or when to go against them. Like you said, the number is fishy, but. There's only one way to play it, so maybe that's the reason why Vegas said it where they did. They're trying to trap everybody, but look, man, I, I can only go with what the data says, and the data says to go with Seattle, so that's that's where I got to go. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, those are Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, surgeon, baby. One point, home dogs versus those New York J-E-T-S. Yeah, this one, uh, God, this 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 makes me sick even having to say this out loud. But I'm gonna lean to the Jets here. I just cannot trust. I know it's really gross, but you know, and I thought about this. I think that, and this will be a good game to see if there's gonna be some legs to this uh, to this new coach for the for the Raiders. I don't trust rah-rah coaches that haven't proven that that they're – like, I trust Tomlin. He's a rah-rah coach. Like, I get that. But, like, if you're not a proven rah-rah guy, I'm not going to trust you um, going forward past that just first initial um, game because getting loose after having a coach like that, that's great. That's great initially. But when you're a loose you know when you're feeling too loose that's when you get that's when the team comes in and punches you and punches you in the nose and the jets have that defense and that's still a rookie quarterback over there playing for the raiders um so now i don't like the fact that the jets can be had against the you can run on the jets so that's that is troublesome um because if if the raiders can get a running game going it can help out that that rookie quarterback against that pass rush and that secondary of the jets but, you know, the Jets just got embarrassed in primetime. I know Zach Wilson sucks. Everybody knows he sucks. But Whoa, on, hot sports opinion. I mean, the Raiders suck too, okay? The Raiders suck. Whoa, so, double sports. <laughs> double sports. Two double sucks. hot sports opinion. The best unit on this on the field in this game will be the Jets' defense. And I just. Oh, I thought gonna, you were going to say Zach Wilson's mom. No, she's always got the best unit. She's she's good at handling <laughs> units. She's good at handling units, and she's the best unit. But no, yeah, give me the Jets defense against a rookie quarterback. And as much as the, as much as Wilson sucks, he's not a rookie. 
So maybe he can make a play here and there enough to get you a win in what is basically a pick 'em. Uh, what'd you say the line is now? Yeah, I mean it's plus one, half a point, pick 'em. Yeah, it's basically everywhere. pick 'em. So yeah, I'm a I'm a hold my nose and fucking take those sorry ass Jets in this one. What do you got? Yeah, so the numbers agree on the Raiders, but that was at two. Well, yeah, but still, it'd be one. Yeah, so we still agree at even one. Uh, at a pick, it would be a no call. So it's moving towards the no call range. Um, the buckets have the Raiders uh, 58-42, but it's not the best spot for them. I'll say that. Look. I'm not going to go against our numbers, and I'm not going to go against the new coach bounce back yet. But I love the Raiders last week. I don't feel good about it this week. There's a very simple reason why. We had a new coach bounce back versus a dead team in the Giants last week. The Jets are not dead. They've got a coach that will not let them die. They believe in their coach. They do have now their defense is being oversold. It's being oversold because it's it's fading fast, Longhorn. It started out great. It ain't great no more. It is fading towards the abyss, really, at this rate that they're going. Now you can say yeah. competition, and that's fine. And the Raiders offense fucking sucks. So this could be a good right get right spot for them here. I expect it to be. I don't really have a good feel for this game. I would love I when this game first came out, I circled the Raiders for sure. Uh, but as I dug into it, I don't love it. I really don't. Uh, I have I mean, actually points points per game. They're still under twenty given up on defense. Um, that's what the shitty offense they got to deal with. But yeah, but their efficiency on defense, their red zone is fading. Like every everything that made them great is fading. Their line adjusted yard, like everything, is fading for them. So. I don't know if it's just the attrition of having such a shitty offense that they have been on the field so much. They're always yeah. in high, high, high leverage situations, which, man, that's stressful on a defense, and it takes its fucking toll over the course of a season, and nobody can just play. Then, And that's that's the reason why I fucking, you know, that's another reason why I like Green Bay versus Pittsburgh this week. Is like, like, you can't just continue to put your defense in this high leverage situation and never score the fucking football. And expect good things to fucking happen. Now, for whatever goddamn voodoo reason, it keeps working in Pittsburgh. But it that's just not how football that, that's not how football go. So I don't know. I don't know if Aiden O'Connell can continue. You know the magic he had last week. But either way, I'm not willing to go against it. It, right it wasn't now. really. There wasn't really much. He didn't do much. He just handed it off. No, that's dude. He j- no, no. That's not true. He made at least two throws that I saw that Jimmy G couldn't could never make. He could never make them ever in life. Ever they, in his life. Ever. Like, dude, Aiden, Aiden O'Connell has some arm talent to him. There's no oh, doubt. I'm not about saying that. he doesn't, but like, it, it, and now it I'm not. I'm not saying he's great or anything like that. And the Giants, like I said, the Giants were the reason why I love Vegas was it was the perfect spot. You got a new coach coming after you just fired a coach, and you have a dead team coming into your building again the jets are not a dead team so i do not love the raiders here this is a complete stay away from me that's at the bottom line to it i'll probably reluctantly put the fucking jets in oh god all right we're gonna move on to those oh let's go buffalo oh money to football 
And they are hosting those Denver Broncos. Mm. Seven and a half point home favorites. Yeah. Yeah. This 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 line, this one takes the cake. This one pisses me off more than any line that we've talked about so far. Why in the fuck is Denver getting seven and a half points when they're coming off of a bye? They beat Kansas City. They've turned their season around. Like they've been looking better for, you know. Was it three three straight weeks from? Did somebody say they were going to come back and win ten games? Yeah, but then you gave up on it, and you gave up too early on it. So I didn't give up on it. <laughs> well, they're looking better, and here we go. We got a dead team on the other side. A team is fading fucking fast as shit, and and struggling on, and they can't score anymore. They're they're not as good on defense anymore. And here we go. Here, let's just you know what? Let's give them seven and a half fucking points. No, it's too much. I'm leaning Denver, and I'm going to walk right into it. The Buffalo's probably going to beat them by 20 because they're making me take fucking Denver at 7.5. If they had just made it 6 or 6.5, then I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But no, they made it 7.5. I'm going to walk right into it. Buffalo will be on one of my teasers. Uh, I can guarantee you that, taking them down to to 1.5. But, um, yeah, I have to lean Denver here. Like, I mean, I'll just I'll, – I'll lean to Denver, and I'll be killing – kick, you know, just – Cussing myself and 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 hating myself on Tuesday. So, what do you got? Well, again, this is you know Vegas just basically set the number right where they knew everybody power rankings would be. It's a zero point delta on our power rankings at seven and a half. And you could look to past performance, recent performance, whatever you want to look to. But season cumulative, this is exactly what the number should be. There are zero buckets on either side of this game, so I have nothing to offer from a data perspective. However, you did mention Denver after the bye as a road dog. Decent spot, 59 and 51. It's one of the better spots after the bye. There really are no great spots after the bye. We've documented that. This is one of the best spots to be. Yeah, I mean, I really have nothing on this game, man. Like, are are is Denver going to continue to, you know, serve, which they have been surging on defense, and it's not being against bullshit opponents. Like you said, they play Kansas City. Yes, Patrick Mahomes did have the flu. Superman had a fucking hole in his cape. I get it. But at the same time, you know, they pressured him more than he's been pressured all season. They made him uncomfortable. They, mm-hmm. you know, covered his wide receivers as good as you're going to. Is Josh Allen 100% healthy? Obviously not. No. So, yeah, I, I don't know how you lay seven and a half here. It's very scary to take the seven and a half. But, yeah, I would lean with you in Denver. But, again, the number is right on exactly where we have our power rankings. And anytime that happens, I'm pretty much out. Yeah, and the Bills the Bills have to win this game. They're sitting at five and four, you know. The, yeah, I, lo- I love the teaser call. I love the teaser call. They have to win this game. Yeah, they have to. So And, jo- right. and Josh Allen – you know, it's still Josh Allen at the end of games. You know, I know it, 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 I checked. I went to bed on the Cincy game. They scored the touchdown and the two point to get with the six. And then the thing that nobody's talking about in that game is that they kicked the ball off to Cincy with like four minutes left. And we always hear about four minute offense and all this bullshit. That never fucking happens. That never works out. You never just get to keep the ball for four minutes and run the clock out. You always have to punt it back. And you're doing time and bullshit, like you're doing all this math, how many seconds they have. Nah, since he just fucking said, no, nah, we'll, we'll take this thank you. 
and they just marched it down the field and then kneeled it out. And that was the game was over. So Josh Allen never had a chance to make the Josh Allen moment. So if you give him a chance to make the Josh Allen moment, which Denver will because Denver's offense cannot, cannot fucking run a four-minute offense to kill this game. So, yeah, give me the Bills to win. I love the teaser for sure. All right. All right, boys and girls, that was all. The wind's coming in the air tonight, baby. All right, boys and girls, it's time you all been waiting for. It's time for those free I said free picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. Yeah, I think uh, on a tough slate um, that let's let's go. Can I still get? Are there enough Cincinnati minus six and a half available? Uh, let me see. Surely there has to be. <clears throat> Don't call me Shirley. Uh, yes, there's plenty of six and a halves at 110, actually. So <clears throat> yeah. All right. So let's make, let's make Cincinnati minus six and a half the official NFL free pick of the week. All right. Love that. All right. Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right. Award winning episode number 166. Ooh, 66. All right. Um, yeah, go to that website, thefootballglorialhold.com, and check out those free picks, like I said. Check out the college tabs, the NFL tabs, or the combo tabs. And actually, both Cephas, we're about halfway through the season. So if you are a new listener, not a client, and you are ready to jump into the season and catch all these winning weeks that we're having and the winning weeks that are to come, what is that email address, Bo Cephas? Info at thefootballgloryhole.com. Info at thefootballgloryhole.com. If you email that and say, hey, dickheads, give me the half-season price, whether it's college, NFL, or the combo, uh, my buddy Bo Cephas will answer and we'll, uh, we'll hook you up with a – well, we'll talk off-air on what that special pricing will be, but if you email in, we will give you the half-season discount and, uh, and take care of it. At least 10% <clears throat> off. It's going to be at least <laughs> 50% off. I will make him commit to that. 10% uh, so, yeah. of 50%. We got it. All right. <laughs> yeah, so so go to the website. Email in if you want to jump in, jump in on the winning. Uh, subscribe to the Football Glory Hill podcast. Share it with your friends. If you do any of that, we become partners for life in both of us in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your heart on money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. Ha, damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take a sub, baby. Come on.